Well, here we are. We're going to talk about ethics today. And so something that stuck out to me over time, you guys might agree. So Steve Young said a long time ago, he's talking about football, right? And talking about um, perception is reality. If you perceive to, if you're perceived to be something, you might as well be it because that's the truth in other people's minds. And really what he was talking about was the 49ers are cheaters. Um, and being a Cowboys fan, I can say that. And people perceived that they were cheaters at the time, and, and they were. But um, anyway, so the, today we're going to talk about whether or not it's perceived that you're ethical or not ethical. And even though you might be doing the right things, it's sometimes a perception um, that other people have might not uh, represent you in the way you want to be represented. So I'm Nathan. Um, I've been in the business aviation industry for almost 28 years. Um, I, um, have done a variety of things. I worked for an OEM. I've, um, worked for, uh, been a director of maintenance for a large fortune 200 flight department. Um, I have a consulting business now and do some other things. Um, and I'm joined by Lee Brewster and Andy Nixon. You guys introduce yourselves. Sure. Um, so I'm Lee, Lee Brewster and I've been around aviation actually um, this September will probably be about 20 years, I believe. And most of my backgrounds in education, um, nonprofit supporting aviation, uh, little, it's a very eclectic background um, training. Um, now I do mainly like software and um, support for flight departments, 91, 135 flight departments, some 121s, 125s, but um, mainly it's just kind of support in the maintenance of the maintenance function. So. A little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit everywhere. Right on. Cool. Andy? Yeah, I'm Andy Nixon, and I am the uh, co-founder of MRO Insider, and I've been in uh, business aviation now for a whopping nine years, so um, still learning a lot as I go, but grew up in aviation and GA stuff and um, studied it in college, and here I am with a website and just uh, trying to help increase some transparency. Awesome. Awesome. So let's talk about transparency. So what are a couple, what are a couple things that you guys think about when, when you think about, you know, we've had a lot of things, MBAA has done a great job of posting um, a document on their website. Um, and so has IATA, formerly NARA, posted things about ethical transaction in business aviations. Um, it's, it, you know, it's been a very big topic, thankfully, in the last few years, just kind of the Wild West, right? So can you guys think of a couple of examples or stories that might help folks um, realize um, how people can perceive ethics or find themselves in an unethical situation? I think, you know, like I said, my, my background's a little, little interesting. Um, part of it, you know, even being in the, in the nonprofit, it was interesting to see when you're working with different companies and different organizations, there was always, you know, what can, what can you do for us? And honestly, I didn't have a lot that I could do for them. I was, you know, it was truly a nonprofit. Right. Um, you know, we were, it really was an altruistic, but it was, well, what is that? And so where is that line blur between the quid pro quo and, you know, mm -hmm. really offering a value and a service. And, you know, with the, like I said, with kind of that little nonprofit and stuff, doing different things, you weren't really sure. And then on the training side, a lot of the training is like, why did, you know, there were some instances on when people came to training, um, you know, maybe they, well, how did they get there? Was it, you know, right. what kind of deal did they get to get there or something along those lines? And, you know, um, I'm a pretty black and white person. Um, I'm 
firm believer in transparency. And sometimes I would try to go back and follow the trail to figure out what happened with these certain instances. And you're like, well, that wasn't quite right. That doesn't right. quite right. And that actually happened more in the nonprofit education side than it did in the for-profit side. There was sure. some with city really? governments and stuff like that, mm. trying to get some things. There's more kind of interesting stuff going on that way than there was on the for-profit. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, what do you think? Yeah, I'd say uh, a couple, couple things. I mean, first of all, I have to, unfortunately have to deal with it on a regular basis, but we, um, we have a turbine shop on our, platform that was approached by a flight department and asked how much uh, he'd be willing to pay them to send the engines to him. And he said, nothing, I'm not interested in that. I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. And so they said, okay. And that was the end of it. And they sent him to a larger turbine shop that was willing to, you know, give them the kickbacks and, you know, of course, underneath the nose of the aircraft owner. And then uh, I think Nathan, the story that you like the best is the uh, shop and the customer from, down south in a state that were meaningless, <laughs> but uh, pretty much ended up, uh, the long short story was the DOM or the broker ended up with a brand new fishing boat in order to bring the aircraft to a shop and have yeah. the work done. So that's, that's that crazy. My mind. <laughs> yeah, that, that is one of my favorite stories um, and favorite, not in a good way, but it, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, there's kind of the way we've always done it. Right. And, and, so again, back to IATA and, and MBAA's efforts, you know, it's mostly been about buying and selling airplanes for the most part. Um, although the, the BAMC committee at MBAA did do a lot of work, I think, um, around, you know, vendor engagement. And that's really what I wanted to talk about today, specifically in the maintenance world, right? So, I mean, there's all kinds of things, right? And it's so easy as a DOM or even a, a technician, um, you know, if, you get, if your salesperson comes to you and says, hey, um, you know, I know your airplane's going to be in XYZ service center to, uh, next Monday. There's a hockey game. You want tickets? And oh, by the way, we'll go to dinner. So a lot of times I think people do that because that's their buddy, right? And, and, and so they go to that game, they, they do whatever, never giving a thought to, is that in conflict with the company's um, corporate ethics policy. And a lot of times I, I know at the publicly traded company I was at, that is absolutely in conflict with um, what they had at the time. So I just think it's real easy for people to fall into it. I, I mean, there's the extreme of, Hey, I'll take a bass boat or a check, right? Hopefully those people are weeding themselves out of our industry, albeit they still exist. We know it, but, but getting less, but I think, more often than not, it's just that trap, right? That's so easy to fall in, right? That, you know, a lot of times it's no more than ink pen, no more than a t-shirt, right? So, right. Um, so anyway. where is that line? I think, you know, right. when you use the Steve Young quote, it's about the perception versus the reality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and lots of times, you know, there's, it is the perception, you know, they do, well, you're always golfing with them. You're always going there. Nope, I saw you at the game. I saw you doing this. And do you understand your corporate's, ethical stance because you know right. if you are working at a larger company you know there's the gifts there's um there's always something that you know a monetary value that you need to look at and yeah so i mean i think i do think for the most part in this industry i mean i would say a vast majority of i people that i've ever dealt with are um they do the right thing sure they i think they try to i think that's yeah. it, right but again it's, it's about the perception and but, 
you know, even though going to that game or <clears throat> that dinner or that fishing trip or whatever it might be, might, I mean, you may work for an individual and they may have no problem with it, but what happens when that flight department doesn't exist anymore and you need another one and somebody else knows that you did that? I mean, it's the smallest industry in the world, right? Takes right. decades to get a great reputation and about 10 seconds to lose it. Um, Absolutely. I don't know if you get ever get it back personally. I mean, we're seeing some stuff right now with this whole COVID stuff, right? We've got people charging folks $750 to decontaminate an airplane, people charging $8,000 to decontaminate an airplane. Every one of them are experts, right? All of a sudden, and you know, four months ago, they didn't know anything about decontaminating. Now, sure, we as an industry, we as a society have had to learn about it really quick, but 750 to 8,000, that, that disparity is more than, it, it, it's more than just a difference of service, right? There's something wrong, really wrong. Right. Yeah, no doubt. And it just comes down to, unfortunately, it's just a lot of education, you know, that yeah, right on. Do and, you know, take the time to learn um, what the options are, and what's going on. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's, you know, if for everything that's bad or perceived to be bad about the internet and everything like that, I think there's also been able to bring a level of transparency and connected people in ways that it never has before. You know, um, in my little world now, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a regulatory requirements for um, like for the historical digital footprint, different things along those right. lines, stuff that you weren't really able to do before. You know, you can't just, you can't just um, pencil whip a record real quick and make it look right. You know, there's a digital footprint now that shows that transparency that shows what's going on. And, you know, even with your vendor relations, I mean, it's cause yeah. you know, are you on social media promoting what happened or did somebody from LC right. doing something and put that on social media? Right on. Right you know, on. And one of the things I love about Andy's service is it really is kind of that, um, that kind of open, transparent marketplace. But I think one of the greatest things about that is it just kind of level the playing field and gives new right players on. the opportunity. And the more new players there are, I think that, you know, those things now that also scares people and makes them maybe <laughs> do things that are a little bit outside of what they would consider their normal practices as well, if they feel threatened. So, sure. you know, how does that work? Yeah, I think anytime there's change or innovation, right, typically um, there's there's a certain segment of whatever the industry or society is that always pushes back, right? Right. And mostly out of fear of the unknown and, and being uncomfortable. <clears throat> but I think, you know, Andy and I have talked about several times, Lee, in the past about some, some ways, you know, people can try and not fall into these traps, right? And you bring up a really good point that I don't think I had, I mean, certainly I knew it, but I hadn't really considered it in the context of, you know, if you run off to that hockey game with um, your, you know, service center manager or whatever, and you post a picture of it, or they post a picture of it, right, with you in it, um, again, it's just about establishing that perception. And I think you're right about what Andy and his folks are doing um, with with having, you know, basically leveling the playing field. I mean, and and we'll let Andy tell us more about it, but I think you know, hopefully folks will come out of this and we can put a list of stuff out there. We actually have a list typed up about ways that from a maintenance perspective, um, from a maintenance vendor perspective that um, folks can kind of manage those perceptions, right? And keep them ethical. So, you know, things like, is there a formal process for requests for proposal? You know, do you get, do you get competing bids each time? And again, using 
something like MRO Insider, you have the ability to get multiple bids. You know, if you take a Citation 7, every shop that's on that platform that qualifies and, and meets your criteria, right? Because you can set some thresholds, right? Of, of, and there's some crazy innovative stuff Andy will tell you about in a little bit coming. But there, there's some ways to kind of, you know, um, manage that. But you're going to get a lot of quotes without having to do as much work. I mean, you know, you can spend hours calling around. But the beauty of it is it's a traceable lead back to your point on electronic signature, this is a way you have a traceable trail to show that that was a level playing field and a fair approach to get these quotes, right? And, and get these proposals. So having that process, I think is really good. So Andy, tell us a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, you know, going back to the whole, to the, to the kickback and, and whatnot, the scary thing to me, because we mostly, you know, there's, there's six facilities that, you know, that will remain nameless, obviously, that don't want to participate in our program because we do make it easy for people <laughs> side by side. But the funny thing to me is that you could have a small shop like this guy that's on there, does great business, does great work. People don't really know right. about um, overhauling engines, but he is so honest and genuine. And I tell people that all the time. Like if you send your engine to this guy, I a hundred percent faith, he is going to give you like, this is it, man. He's not just red tagging parts and wow. he's not just, he doesn't have a quota to hit. And so it's interesting that somebody at that level does not need to offer, um, you know, monetary things. It's yeah. the bigger, it's the bigger players that are the ones doing it. And it's uh so that's pretty interesting to me. And I just, it makes me lay awake at night and just wonder why, I mean, are they hiding something? What is going on right. in that? Sure. That have to feel that they need to do that. And so that's pretty interesting, but yeah, I mean, we're, I think uh, we've been adding a lot of shops during COVID because I think that things are going to start changing here for contact. But um, I think we've got about, a hundred and something locations, about 104 locations on the network now that do AOG and That's schedule maintenance. Awesome. And yeah. So yeah, it's pretty neat, but you know, the whole concept is, Hey, look, send out one request, get four or five, six quotes back. I'll tell you the median price that was quoted. And I mean, now you and I, Nathan, I mean, we're, we're doing this quote template. Yeah. So yeah. we can digest it and say, look at here's even if you got it outside of the MRO insider network, send it to us and we will show you apples to apples with this quote template. Sure. You can you can see what's being charged and you know, A, it'll make your boss really happy that owns the airplane and <laughs> B, you'll have a better peace of mind when you take it in somewhere. Yeah. Well it's about that transparency. And you know, Nathan, a lot of the um you know, when you, especially like in a 91 operation, you're looking mm. at a 91 operation where the entire operation is a cost center. Yep. So when you're looking at this and you're going back and you have your financial, um, your accounting team, your CFO, whomever it is, is going back and looking over at everything. Do you have a historical record? Can you go back and show him that, yes, this may not be the best price, but this was the best value. And I can tell you why. Right. And you know, there's different things that you can do. And we've talked about, uh, you know, being able to explain the value of your flight department to it. And if you're right. not necessarily focused on value and you're not making sure that those vendors are meeting that same standard, then you're going, it's going to be really hard to explain that at the end of the day when sure. something happens. It's, you know, in, in 135, the margins are so small. What do you do there in 135? I mean, how do you mm. And, you know, any, you know, Andy, you were saying some, you know, sometimes I wonder about some, 
like I said, I, I believe it's a small minority of salespeople that are in our business. It's not the, um, especially kind of on doing different things, but I always wonder how many of, how many of your bosses know that this is kind of the way you're getting your deals, you know? Sure. And yeah. do, do they, does this, if they ever come back and ask how this all happened, you know, are is that worth the risk? Right. I, I'm pretty adverse. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. One thing I can't lie right. to save my life. All you have to do is ask me point blank yeah. and I'll, I turn into a mumbling idiot. So I would never be able to do that. But you know, it, but you do go back to that is like, what do you, is it worth it? Is it worth the risk from a yeah. sales perspective? And then also, sure. I mean, there's not that many DOM jobs. No, they're not. Are you, they're not, and, and they're less every day, it seems like, right? I mean, you know, there's, sure. there's more of a managed approach, and, and now, you know, a, a burgeoning managed services business, especially coming out of this whole pandemic oh. thing. You know, and I think you bring up a really good point, Lee, that, that merits mentioning um, even more directly and clearly, and, and that's about keeping records, right? Keeping the notes of why you picked the shop keeping the the email trail it, it may seem silly right but at the end of the day should you ever be challenged right or should anybody ever ask for your work file of how you picked even if it's through something like MRO insider or you're going you know the old fashioned way and and you know building it by hand well fine but you still need to keep some sort of paper trail electronically or in paper to to be able to sit down and have that conversation should somebody ask for it. You don't want to have to be scrambling around trying to recreate it. Again, perception, it only makes it look worse if you're doing that. Yeah. Well, they gave me a coat. It was really cool. I yeah. had their logo on. I needed a coat. <laughs> right. Well, or they so, see that picture of you at the hockey game. Right. right. And they're like, right. oh, so that, wait a minute. You're departed the airplane, you know, during, during the fall, and it's nice and crisp out on the ramp in Addison, you know, and you're departing the airplane, and, these people are coming and going. Some of them are in HR or legal or compliance or wherever they're at in the organization. And then it comes up, right, that you're wearing OEM X's jacket. And, and now there's questions about impropriety and you're running around trying to recreate it. It just doesn't look good, kids. I mean, so, right. And that's the point. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, there's just so much information available now too, you know, people sure. want it, they want it now and you can get it. So, I mean, those old school, uh, was a, my buddy calls them the Coke bottle salesman with a <laughs> suit and the gold chain. And I mean, that stuff just doesn't fly anymore. Like it did in the nineties. You know, people are just so much yeah. smarter now and, and they can get all that, all the data that they need right in front of them. So, yeah, there's, there's several things about the nineties and eighties. I'm glad we don't have in this industry anymore. Um, and, and they're all close in hand. And that's mirrors on the bulkheads, gold trim on the sidewalls and in, in the airplanes, <laughs> and and as many unscrupulous individuals, right? So we're getting better all the way around. So, and I know you guys we know what I'm talking fish, about. <laughs> we live in a fishbowl society now. I mean, it's it, it's interesting when I when people try to try to do something, and I'm like, it's like when you're talking to your teenager, and you're like kid, this is, all I had to do was put one thing on social media. I found out exactly where you were, what you were doing, who yep. you were with, what vehicle you were in before mm -hmm. I heard from you 10 minutes later. 
And so, I mean, even when you're working with your vendors, when you're working with your coworkers, you know, we're talking about vendors right now, but you know, just from a business standpoint, how do you deal with the people around you? Are you dealing with them in an ethical manner? It all comes back. And so you take this industry that was already very, very small, and now you put it into an environment like we have now, which increased transparency, increased accessibility. You've got something where, you know, it's, even the ethical people are usually fine. It's usually something that on accident, you know, they did something they didn't even realize it's just a perception, but now the, either they're getting really, really crafty, which some of them are, or, you know, they're having to conform just because of the way that you're having to go through it. And heaven forbid you have a government contract that you have to go through and get all the paperwork and justification and everything together for that as well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I just think it can, you know, it's just an interesting thing. And I, I think people don't really think about it in in the context um, that we are from a, you know, buying and selling an airplane, a transactional perspective. I think that the maintenance end of it, the service end of it, I don't know that people have really, I mean, certainly we talk about, like Andy said, you know, a bass boat for an overhaul or, you know, and, you know, two days on a, at a resort for bringing a paint job, you know, somewhere down in the Southeast, right? I mean, certainly we know about that stuff, but I I think it's just these smaller things, right. That can add up and and put somebody um, unknowingly in, in that really tough spot, you know, and I think, you know, having just a very good process and keeping records of it and using some of this new technology really help people. Well, you know, I think part of it is this industry specifically, when you're talking about something that is, that is such a high end, you know, the numbers mm-hmm. that people throw around, you almost become immune a little bit. I mean, it's no, sure. no big deal. You're, oh, only 40 million. Oh, okay. Well, you know, different things or- a lot. He has forty million. What's it going to hurt, right? He bought a forty exactly. million dollar airplane. I mean, I hear that a lot, right? We we should just go ahead and you know, in my OEM life, we should just go ahead and charge X amount more. I mean, what's what's the big deal? It's a drop in the bucket. It's a forty million dollar airplane. Come on, kids. It's really about right. what is that worth, right? But when new people well, come yeah. into the industry, it's easy to kind of get. It's in awe of. I mean, you see that money, you see mm-hmm. the, the, everything that goes back and forth, you know, dropping a hundred thousand sure. dollars on a part that's this big. And you're like, that's not even okay. You know, different things like that, you know, it, yeah. it does, you know, taking a $200 tickets to go see a game doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And so you, but, but it is, but it, it, is. it can, or it can be, maybe it, maybe it's not necessarily right. it is, but it can be. And so you just have to make sure that you're, that you're on the right side of that. That's right. That's right. And, you know, I'm sorry. So one of the things that I do, right, is whenever we're delivering a new airplane or helping somebody um, buying a pre-owned airplane, right, one of the things I always do is, and, and unfortunately, a lot of the shops don't do this and a lot of brokers don't do this because time kills all deals, right? They just want it over with as quickly as possible. But I always like to go out and get all the options, right? If it's an engine service program, if it's maintenance tracking, if it's a scheduling software or high-speed data coming to the airplane, I want to get all the vendors that are applicable to that platform, and I want to put it in front of whoever it is, is the decision maker at our customer end, and I want them to make a decision. I don't want to tell them what they should do, right? But I really want them to be informed and educated, and, and I think that's another one of those ethical things that a lot of times technical consultants and, and maintenance DOMs fall into 
they just go to the same provider, right? And, and they don't really put all the options on the table. So anyway, I just think that's another thing. You got to put it all out there. Right. Yeah, I think that the interesting thing to me is that, you know, like my wife works in healthcare mm. and um, it we're like the only industry left where you can actually, you know, give finder's fees and kickbacks. I mean, that's you used right. to be able to do it. You know, when I graduated from college, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a pharmaceutical rep. And, oh, they make all this money <laughs> they're doing the doctor's cruises. And, you know, they're doing all this stuff. Well, they put a stop to that. And now I read a pretty interesting piece about, um, you know, when it comes to safety now that OSHA just recently said you're not allowed to pay or incentivize employees now because what they found was that, you know, to keep their score high, basically, and their insurance under control, if somebody slipped and fell, they would say, oh, well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give you tickets to this game and whatnot, just, you know, oh, no wow. deal. And so they literally um, had to just put a stop to that. And so we're like the only, I always tell people and people from the outside that are in business are like, man, it's like the wild west, you it know, is. some of the stuff that you guys are allowed to do. <laughs> yeah. It is in a lot of ways, right? Because our brokers aren't regulated. You know, right. our, our, there's, there's no standard for, um, you know, like if, if, if you're in requesting an RFP to get a building built, right? There's a, in a commercial space, there's a lot of pretty standard type stuff that you must mm -hmm. have in a proposal that it must contain. Sure, you can brand it up and fluff it up and put your incentives in there and all that kind of stuff but it pretty much follows a, a, a guideline, you know, if you will. And, and it's true in the brokerage space too. And I, there, you know, I've never been a fan of big government. We don't need a whole lot of regulation and I'm not going to get political, but um, man, without a lack of standards uh, from anywhere really. And, you know, IATA again and MBAA, mm -hmm. they're trying really hard, but you know, it only takes one rotten apple to spoil the bunch. So and we haven't gotten rid right. of it. Well, I think, no, and I don't know if you ever will be. There's certain dynamics that happen that I'm not sure, sure if you'll ever be able to counter all of it. But I will say that you're, you're, it's a, a better environment to identify them now. You know, yeah. when we talk about, you know, it doesn't take long. I, you know, I just worry about people who are relatively new. You know, it's easy to talk to talk to somebody and just kind of get sucked in because, yes, you may know business, you may know a lot of things, but you've never bought an airplane. Right. Um, you don't understand the true cost, the operating cost of what it is. I mean, you don't know, you know, you've got a great deal on a G4, you know, that you set, you know, you just take, take it for its word. Oh, it hasn't been upgraded to ADSB. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's all these different things that, oh yeah, yeah I got a great deal on an aircraft, but, uh, yeah, or the wrong ADSB, right? <laughs> Oh, or the wrong, that's almost worse than no ADSB in yeah. my opinion. But, yeah. you know, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of that. And unfortunately, a lot of people get sucked into that. But sure. they have more resources to start compare. And I will say the newer generation, um, you know, the millennials that are into these leadership roles and they're getting into more of the decision-making processes, they want, they research. It didn't take yeah. them long to research that's in true. ways that, you know, a lot of people didn't before. They didn't have access. It's just not part of their MO. And so mm -hmm. finding it, it might be a little bit easier now to find some of those um, vendors that are maybe stretching the truth just a little bit, <laughs> you know, kind of trying to make it fit what you, what you think you need when they're like, well, no, I see it right here. This is right. that's that, uh, you know, it's right here um, in black and white verified yeah. by this or that. 
explain and that to me. Well, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Would you? Yeah. yeah. Oh well, you know. But Andy, no, they compare it. Like if you were, if you were out trying to buy a, you know, if you got specs on a, uh, you know, windows for a new house, they give you the blueprints right. and say, okay, quote it. And with what we deal with, with like a paint job, it's like, all right, my windows showed up, but uh, where's my screens at? Oh, yeah. oh, you want screens for all the windows too? Like, well, yeah, yeah. that's, well, oh, that wasn't in the quote. Yeah. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing. Those are four times as much as the windows. Right. <laughs> yeah. Those are special order too. Yeah, we painted, we painted your airplane, but you didn't say you wanted us to take the tape off of it. I mean, that's an extra charge. Yeah, the wheel wells. Oh, you wanted the wheel wells painted yeah, yeah, too? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah down yeah. here. Yeah, you want us quote. to weigh it? Oh, no, weigh is time and materials. <laughs> and our shop rate's $400 an hour. And, you know, it'll probably take us, I don't know, I don't know, 30, 40 hours? Yeah, I mean, how much are we short this quarter? Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, when we talk about quotes and, and maintenance stuff, the the thing that, to Andy's point, that always is is infuriating, I think, to some of these owners that are in manufacturing kind of space or, or you know, construction or whatever, they're very used to, um, when they send out an RFP, that RFP generally, request for a proposal, gener generally will dictate the format and the content, right, of the proposal they'll get back. And if, and if you don't meet it, you get kicked out right away. Now, there's a few DOMs that do that, um, that I know, um, the problem is very few, if any of the service providers will follow it. There's, you know, a hidden cost down in the content, uh, of an item, or, you know, it's carefully worded to mean that it's an estimate and not a fixed price or, you know, uh, OEM X built the airplane. It's never been anywhere else. It's clearly documentable in the maintenance records, but they'll give you, I don't know, an estimate of 20 grand to pull the galley. And then it was an estimate. So 60 grand's okay to charge them. You know, every technician and facility just rides that item in the work order. Um, and I mean, they all know it. It, it, it happens all the time, but, but not following that standard format is, is drives people crazy. I think. It does. And what we're going to see, unfortunately, which I would be devastated is, you know, people are just going to get fed up and they're going to say, look, I'm, I might have, you know, enough money to buy this airplane, but I didn't get to this point by being an idiot with my money. Mm -hmm. And it's just costing me too much to, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it's a great business tool and it's fun, but you know, I can go, I can go join wheels up. and right. call it yeah. day, you yeah. know? So they had their best everything down. Yeah, they had their best month wheels up, right? So they had their best month last month April. ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's just kind of like the, you know, we talk about the days of the traditional 91 flight department, you yeah. know, it's wheels up, it's managed aircraft, it's doing different things. You know, those, those days are, those days are, I don't want to say they're gone because every once in a while a new one pops up and something like that. But, you know, there's, there's way too many options now that maximize it because exactly what you said, Andy, right. you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I may have $40 million that I'm spending on an airplane, but I still have a budget. I still have operating costs. I still have to justify right. that to mm -hmm. my shareholders, to my business and, and to myself. Right. I think sometimes, right. you know, like right. you said, they're, they didn't get there because they're an idiot with their money. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, and it's a bummer. And it, like the the sad thing is, and Nathan and I talk about it all the time. It just, it could be, it it could be possible to have those flight departments out there if they're sure. 
You know, I mean, they could call us. I mean, we'll help, we'll find them a hangar and rent it for them and say, right. look, you don't have to go down this road and, you know, we can pull you back from the ledge and, <laughs> uh, and help. So it doesn't have to be like that. And I think that's like the hardest thing to swallow it, especially, you know, in my age and my generation, like I can't, by the time I'm 70, it's who knows what will be happening, but that's, that's the hard part. Yeah. I, you know, and again, I'm, I'm going to go back to this. You're, you're right. It, 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 who knows where we're going to be. And I think our next round of ethical stuff we're going to hear about in this space. And I've been, you know, quietly and then more loudly in the last 24 hours and will be from <laughs> for the foreseeable future, blowing the horn that people are getting taken advantage of on this whole decontamination, disinfecting thing. Right. And, and I, I know of some very large um, fractional and um, managed fleets that um, have unofficially disclosed that they're keeping track of who's charging them how much during this time because they really don't have a whole lot of choice. They need to keep their airplanes moving. They need to get a maintenance crew on it, whatever. So they're having it disinfected, air quotes. Um, by whoever it is identified at whatever the price is, but I'll promise you, um, you know, you can shear a sheep multiple, multiple times, but only skin it once. Right. And, um, the skinning of the sheep, <laughs> it, uh, no, that's uh, somebody else, you know, I'll tell you who it is later. Okay. But, um, I stole it from him. Okay. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think that coming out of this, you're going to start hearing about it. And right now they may be, you know, packing the money in a mattress, but I'm, I'm going to tell you in the next 18 months, because I do think we'll always, you know, if there is a good thing coming out of this, um, at least in this one sliver of area is that we're going to see people being more intentional about cleaning and disinfecting. And, and I think they're yeah. two different tasks and there's an MBAA news hour on Wednesday. It's going to talk about it, the difference of that. Right. But mm -hmm. I don't want to get into it, but, but there's a difference in the two. And I think that you're going to see some stuff come out about, you know, so-and-so cleaning company eggs or this individual expert air quote again, consultant, right. Is, is, uh, you know, developed this process and, and turns out that it was, really not fit for airplanes, right? And maybe it's causing corrosion, maybe it interrupted mm. fire blocking, right? And, and maybe they knew it, maybe they didn't. Maybe right. they just wanted to make a buck, right? I don't know, but, but I think, um, I just think you have to be careful with all of our vendors and your relationship. Doesn't mean you can't be friends with them, right? Doesn't mean you, you can't go to a, a, a team building dinner because we are all a team as the system, right? But I, I, I just think you have to make sure you manage that perception, right? You don't want you don't want folks to pass on you for your dream job because they think you're that guy or that gal. Right. Well that's that's, you know, and kinda like what you were saying a minute ago, people taking advantage of it, never let a good crisis go to waste. That's right. But at the same time once again, I mean, we've said it about five times already, but it's, it's very, very true. This is a very, very, very small industry with a very, very, very long memory. Oh, boy. And, oh. you know, good thing. I mean, you remember the good things you forgive people once, you know, yeah, fool me right. once, shame on, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. Yeah. And um, I think that, you know, a lot of different things will come, come to light, um, you know, people doing the right things. And sometimes the right things are mutually beneficial. Sure. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with going, there's nothing with wrong with sure. making some nothing money. Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong with making some money. Right. I mean, we're all we all want to do that. We all want to make money, but you know, 
at the end of the day, if I'm making money, I probably take the little servant leadership thing a little too far sometimes, but, um, you know, it, it, it's gaining sleep at night and that's mine. If I have to justify something, is it right? Or I probably shouldn't have done it. Yeah. It's oh, a, the, the whole thing. If you gotta ask, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, well, you, if you right. have to ask, if you got to ask, the answer is no. <laughs> right. right. Absolutely. But, you know, I think that this is a great topic and we're, you know, right now we are in these weird times and people are coming out of the woodwork, like Nathan's saying, and they're not only coming out of the woodwork for like the cleaning and decontamination, but it's, you know, coming out of the woodwork to maybe help optimize your flight department sure. or something like that, you know, some, yeah. all these different things. And it's not going to last forever. And there's so many good people that you know, you just hope that everybody kind of stays on the, the, that nobody gets screwed over too bad. Yeah. I was trying to find a better way to say that. No, there's not that. a better way to say it. And, and it's spot on. I, I think, you know, that, um, I think it's, it's good in some cases for people to come out of the woodwork with some of these things and be innovative and creative, but it, mm -hmm. I, I reckon it depends on what their basis for their newfound expertise is, you know, who they're surrounding themselves with, um, you know, how they're up in their game, or if it's, they read two Time Magazine articles and, and, and one New York Post um, article on Twitter, and now they're an expert, right? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but um, I do see that happening, right? And I, I think it's one thing if, you know, you've got a, um, you know, a pilot or a flight attendant, maybe that's years of experience, and they've devoted this entire quarantine lockdown time to learning about, you know, effective methods of really taking care of their people in their airplanes, right? That's something totally right. different than somebody that was cleaning bathrooms at a 7-Eleven last week, not there's anything wrong with that, and now all of a sudden they're a aviation cleaning and dig contamination expert, right? I, when you ask them about a regulation. Yeah. You know, it's like what? the we buy houses sign that you see when you're sitting at the red light that's about this big and it's written yeah. with like a charcoal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sharpie. Yeah, there's some of that going on right now, right? Everybody's decontamination expert. So But they right. prey on fear, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the uh of the industry, Lee, we gotta you talked about the younger people. Hopefully this podcast we can keep it going, but we gotta start yeah. getting some some more younger people out there in front of everybody yeah. too and yeah. You got to help that younger generation out and get involved. Everybody, Absolutely. it's weird to say, like, hey, I'm in aviation. They're like, oh, my God. It's like the most mysterious, top secret thing in the world, you know? It's like, dude, you could be in it as well if you just ask. That's right. You know, no, oh gosh, that's a whole other conversation there, Andy. Because I mean, no. that was that's essentially that's been kind of my whole life was a lot yeah. of workforce development and stuff like that, bringing people in, trying to figure out how to do it. But you know, one of the things I all you you're talking about bringing in the young people, and I, I do hate the term millennial. I am yeah. tired of overused, but I do like using it now because I do say you do realize the millennials are your boss now, right? Yeah, that's a millennial right. is not 18 years old, just graduated from high school, who's trying to figure out what's going on. That's a whole other generation. We're skip that. The millennial is your boss and the business owner and who you're dealing with. Right. That's who that is now. So, but you know, and they're also, like I said earlier, they're the ones who are a little bit more savvy, who are going to check up on you when you're trying to give them this really good deal. And sometimes if it's too good to be true, they're going to go look into it. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Absolutely. And possibly put you on blast on social media. Are you ready for that? <laughs> <laughs> on slack or teams or what all all the 900 things are you guys use to pick one pick one well right. stick it on like just stick it on linkedin talk i see it all the time 
I see people sure. burning vendors all the time mm. on mm. LinkedIn and um, Facebook. Facebook's a little bit more they're angry, but I see it on, <laughs> um, I mean, people just go off on Facebook. Uh, mm. But in LinkedIn, I see it, people burning vendors, salespeople who've done something wrong. It's not necessarily in our industry, but in other industries that I follow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's never good though. You got to that's a good way to get beat up sometime, you know? Oh gosh, it's awful. I just, Oh, yeah. Oh no. Ah. Yeah. I, you know, there's plenty of other things down the road that, you know, we'll probably talk about. I think workforce development's one of the things that, you know, and I know that Andy and, and his team done had some pretty cool things they've done with some up and coming pilots. And, and I know Lee has been more done more than her fair share and continues to do more than her fair share um, bringing people to the promised land, right? Um, I think other things, you know, that are out there for us to be able to chat about or um, down the road or, or, you know, just, um, you know, how to be a good team member, right? And so not oh. just how do we grow the workforce, just, you know, how, 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 do, how can we work together? How can we, you know, do things a little bit better? And, and maybe that's, you know, you're not in a big department. Maybe it's just even with your family, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, one of the funniest things I've read is, um, coming out of quarantine, you're either going to be pregnant or divorced, right? But <laughs> you know, there, there's going to be a bump in one of the two, maybe both. Who knows? So <laughs> maybe the same. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It may wash out, right? But there you so. go. Yeah, my sister's in family law. She's kind of like, okay, I haven't been able to work for two months. We'll see what happens here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's there's a lot of things that you know to kind of talk about and touch on. But you know, as you're talking about being good teammates, but you know that ethical. Mm. that that ethics you know with vendors with each other with um you know it all goes right together at the end of the day you know um how are you how are you what are you doing to make sure that it's um it's on the up and up and lots of times you know i i'm a firm believer in i guess karma if i do the right things it may not something it'll always come back you know i always want to you know do it for the right do the right things for the right reasons it'll come back may take a little while but it'll it'll come back you know, so, you know, it all kind of, I think that ethical strain, that's, that strain and that thread goes through just about everything we do. And I don't know if it's because of the safety aspect, the regulatory aspect, the AMP signing your name, Mm -hmm. civil criminal (laughs) liability aspect to that, you know, I don't know what that is, but that seems to be a very, very common thread in this industry that, you know, I appreciate that I've appreciated probably one of the reasons I'm still here. Right. Right on. Right on. Well, very good. I, I, you know, I think the best thing though that's going to help us make this better is whatever other people really want to hear, right? So, um, to that end, there's a way that if you're listening to this, the three of you, um, which will be my kids, maybe they'll listen to five minutes of it, and and a few others, and all these fans, right? I mean, my fans, yeah. Fans. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a way y'all can leave us a message. So we're using Anchor um, to distribute this podcast. So you can leave us a voice message or a text message, which is pretty cool. Um, if you leave us a mean voice message, we'll play it back for everybody here. If you leave us a nice one, we won't. Um, but we won't. Uh, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash jet hyphen blast. Again, that's anchor.fm forward slash jet hyphen blast. And you can leave us a message there. Um, what do you want to talk about next time? What do you like about this one? You mad at me over quoting and you didn't get a bass boat and all those wonderful things. We can talk about that. Um, but you can check us out over there and we will have something riveting for you in another week or so. So I'll think of something. 
All right. So we'll anything else? Anything else for you guys? No. Uh, if you have if you have a complaint, definitely call us during the next one. We'll put you on the air and we can all that, chat. Yeah, right. Oh, that would be great. That right would be great. Or you can call Lee and um, Andy we'll just, and I don't take complaints anymore. Yeah. Well, I I will let you know. Uh, my my initial reaction is I laugh. <laughs> yeah. When I get in awkward situations, I laugh. So Me too. it might be completely legit, but I'm probably going to start laughing at you. It's just how yeah. I deal with things. So just to let you know, but yeah, you know, find us on LinkedIn. Find us just about anywhere, but. That looks. What are some interesting topics? You know, I think the whole yeah. point of podcasts and this stuff is to make people think. It may not be perfect, um, it, but if it makes you think, it makes you kind of take a, have a different outlook on what's going on. Then you know that's that's what it's about. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. Me either. <laughs> so I'm just making it up. Andy seems to, but you know, yeah. hey, <laughs> at least one of us hey, does. I'm, I'm the only one not wearing headphones. So I feel like I need to get some headphones. Yeah, you probably should. I got my David Clarks over here. I don't know if I can put it on my computer. Though. You know, I was going to wear my earbuds, but the last time we were on a Zoom call together, my earbuds, my Bluetooth got interfered with. So today I broke out like a real mic and real headphones, and I've got a real light Ooh. so you can actually see me. I'm super fancy today. All right, so anchor.fm forward slash jet hyphen blast jet hyphen blast all right i'm out i'll see you guys thanks, thanks nathan thanks andy thanks, nathan. See, right. you. see ya bye bye, bye.